that's how I actually got my first open house. Mm -hmm. They sent an office-wide email. I was on my phone. I responded a minute later. A few weeks later, I closed my first deal of just under 3.2 million. And since then, I've closed six deals. The seventh will be closing in 10 days. What's up, you guys? It's Graham here. So I'm here with Miles Daly, who started interning in real estate at 17 years old, got his license when he was 18, and within his first year, sold over $10 million in sales in real estate. He's probably going to end up outpacing me like any day now. But I wanted to share a little bit about who he is, his story, why he got into real estate, how he did 10 million in sales, and how that can help you guys. So let's start here. Why did you get into real estate in the first place? Because that's not something yeah. that most 17 year olds want to do. So I got into real estate. I was really looking for something that I could kind of make my own schedule, be my own boss. I loved people. I loved interacting with people, helping people. So when I was looking about, I was a senior in high school, so it was September of 2015 when I was deciding on what I wanted to do. I had an opportunity to be an intern at a brokerage up in Marin County, just north of San Francisco. I got into real estate because I wanted to be my own boss, make my own schedule, and really just kind of have the freedom that real estate allowed. And there really wasn't anything else I could really do coming right out of high school and not go directly to college, even though I am still currently at a state school up in the Bay Area. I wanted something that I could do without a college education, and that's where I found real estate. So you're doing college while selling real estate? Correct. So I am taking uh, 16 units, so it's a full load of classes, two days a week, and then I work five days a week, and I have a dorm, and where I go is about 45 minutes from where I work. So I live up there part-time and commute, and yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, it's tough, but it's, I'm definitely happy that I'm doing both right now. This is one of those things too where I usually recommend people do it full time, but Miles is one of these people where he's been doing it part time and he's been like crushing it. Like you do, you do better than most agents in the United States full time in a year. You're doing it part time at like 18 years old, which I think is insane. I consider myself as an active agent uh, the first of this year. And just a few weeks later, I closed my first deal of just under 3.2 million. And then I was kind of more focusing on school. And then throughout the summer, I kind of picked back up. And since then, I've closed six deals. The seventh will be closing in 10 days. So let's talk about the first sale. How did yeah. you make the first sale? 3.2. 3.2. I was holding an open house uh, for another agent. I, and my rule is I always hold the same house open three weeks in a row. That's kind of just my rule of thumb because I always like the repeat person that comes back the second week cool. and then that's usually when you try and pick that's them up. super smart. Five. I've actually never thought of that before, yeah. for real. That's super smart. Yeah, so I always yeah. do three weeks in a row when an agent asks me. So the second time they came in, I offered a private twilight showing, did it with the listing agent actually, hmm. and then, which I had a, pre a previous relationship with, and then I they were moving, they were only looking in the city. And this was the only house they looked at across the Golden Gate Bridge in Marin County. And I really was able to sell them on the area because I'm third generation, that area. My grandparents live there still. My parents both grew up in the same town. So I can sell the area. And the wife was pregnant and I could sell the schools. And the house was amazing. And it was actually a really good deal. It was one of the lowest prices square footed nice. in that month that was sold. And closed that. And I was kind of thought I wasn't going to do a deal for the next couple of years, but then it kind of picked right back up from there. So what was the second deal you closed? Second deal was also I picked him up from an open house. And at this point, after I closed the first deal, I, my mentor, who is a top producer, she does over $100 million a year in sales, 
she brought me back on as a buyer's agent. So that's kind of who I'm working with now. And so I hold all of her open houses for her. We have five to seven open houses a week every Sunday. Mm -hmm. So I'm spread between them. And I picked the, the couple up. They recently got married, an older couple, actually, both widowers. Cool. And they wanted to sell her home because she was going to move in with him. So we listed that home for sale. And we're also in the process of selling his home and then buying another home. So I'll be getting three deals out of that one open house. And even though they weren't buying that house I was babysitting necessarily, mm -hmm. I was able to kind of turn them into a seller. And I actually ended up uh, representing the buyers on that listing as well, which was even better. That's honestly incredible. And that's what I always recommend too. There's no reason why you shouldn't be holding an open house every single every, Sunday. Every Sunday. And that's how I got my first deal. Yeah. It was from an open house. And you never know who's going to walk in. And for me, it took, I would say, 10 months of holding an open house every single Sunday, wasting a ton of time. Most people, I don't want to say, I don't want to generalize now because now you discourage other people. <laughs> but like A lot of people that come in open houses are just... They're, they're not, they're, they're time wasters. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're just not interested in the home. They just want to check out the home. They, they're free, you know, on a Sunday afternoon. They want to see what's around. Some people I've even found will pretend yeah. they're interested you know, in the I, home. A lot of people have a lot of, the amount of stories you hear from people oh, yeah. is. Yeah. What I found, and again, I don't mean to generalize here, but usually the bigger the story the less of a buyer they're likely to be. I've had people come in and talk about their home and this and that and like their, what their husband does for work and like their cousin who's also moving and yeah. like they'll talk for 20 minutes and those people are always the ones. And I've even found that they negotiate the deal. They're like, how flexible are they on the price? Would they, are, is the furniture at the open house? Yeah. yeah. Uh, is the furniture included? What about what about this light fixture here? Yeah. Is that like that's going to make or break the deal? Is like the dining room chandelier yeah. <laughs> on a four million dollar house? Like if that you know three hundred dollar chandelier doesn't come with a house. I'm not buying the house. You get weird people like that, but all it takes is one. When you get that one person yeah. who comes in that's serious about buying a house, you can kind of almost sense it immediately yeah. that. This is the real deal because they know exactly what they want. They're very specific about it. They're picky um, and they're willing to see other things and maybe take time out of their day for you to help them. So that's all it takes yeah. is, is one. Now, how did you meet the mentor? Because that's, yeah. I think a lot of people are going to focus so, on the mentor. I think having a mentor, I think it's very important in this industry. So after I was an intern from September to December of 2015, so not that long. I learned all the administrative and backend uh, kind of ways of the brokerage. I was basically approached by the president saying of, of the office and of the region saying, hey, there's a top producer in the town you live in. She didn't tell me the name and they're looking for another assistant. She has one assistant who's been with her for over 17 years hmm. and they want a third person to kind of come in and be the administrative marketing background. And I kind of jumped on the opportunity, went in uh, mid-December right before I went uh, away for the holidays, met her, we instantly connected, instantly knew a bunch of the same people, so we totally connected. Came back uh, the first week of January of 2016, began working for only one day, only one day a week, and I did that until June of that year. And then I was more of a full-time from June to August of 2016. Yep. Took my test in August of 2016, passed, got onboarded in October, and then didn't have signs and business cards until December yeah. kind of thing. So, How were you able to balance school and real estate at the same time? So it was tough. It's getting harder right now. 
I might be making a transition to a school closer to home and doing maybe only night classes because right now it is getting very tough to do taking a full load of work and with my increasing business I'm having kind of a hard time managing both. It's still nice to have the friends and everyone and still being a college kid a few days of the week and on a Friday night I'll go up to school, stay, sleep in my dorm, drive back down for a 9 a.m. meeting on Saturday. Yeah. So it's definitely kind of hectic, a little mixed, but okay. uh, still enjoy it. Why school, though? I mean, you're, you're doing extremely well in real estate. I, I think if you focused full-time, 100% on real estate, there's no reason why you couldn't sell $20 million next year. And so is college really worth it for you at this point? No. So it's definitely not. So college right now is not costing me any money. My parents, I'm very fortunate that they're helping me with college. So financially, it's not really costing me any money besides mm -hmm. my lost wages. Do I know for a fact I could do 20 million? Maybe. And my thing is next year, if I do 15 million while still in school, taking night classes, I can do 20 million because I think I can do one or two transactions a month. I've done this one closing in the next couple days will be my seventh transaction since this year. So I think I could do one a month and still be able to manage school. Would that result in 20 million? Yeah. If I do repetitive business year over year, I think I would maybe drop out, but I don't know if this was a fluke year. I was really lucky. This is, this is one of those things that you never really know until you have a few years. Yeah. For me, my experience is that every year I've made more money than the year prior. And this has been true for the last nine years, yeah. every year, even if it's just like, $5,000 more for the entire year. I made more than the year prior. Um, but you never know. I've seen some people have this amazing one year yeah. where they can make even a million dollars in the year by a few amazing sales, and then the next year it could be 25% of that. So it does take, I would say, the average of three years to really determine what you're, gonna be, what you're going to be making. Uh, but what's, what's the value of, of college for you at this point? Like why? It's really just... I So I've... The amount of open, I've held a Sunday open house every Sunday, and no one has really asked me, where did you go to college? Nobody asked. No one asked. So, and when I got into it, I was nervous that people were going to ask me that. And then being 19, some, I probably get one, one person every open house will say, you look very young. Or I had a couple newspaper articles about me in my town. So they said, oh, aren't you that really young kid in real estate? So some people make comments about my age. And I honestly, when I enrolled in college, I didn't think I was going to do a transaction for two or three years. Yeah. So I needed to and have a backup plan if the economy went down or do something. Right now, it's becoming even more uh, kind of unneeded. But yeah. see. let's talk about your age for a second because that was the same thing with me. Yeah. Nobody really ever asked about how old I was, where I went to. People still don't ask. Nobody's ever once asked where I've gone to no. college, ever. No, but everybody either just assumes you you went or they don't care at all. No. So yeah. that's been my experience. As for age, I usually usually nobody asks like, "Hey, how old you are?" They've always been asked. They always ask, "How long have you been doing this for?" Exactly. Um, but even if you, I, I, my experience, and then you share yeah. yours, but my experience has always been if you're upfront about it and you say, "I've only been doing this for six months, but I love it. It's something I really have so much fun doing. I'll do anything for you. You know, you'll be my priority." I, I've never found somebody to be like, oh, I don't know. I want someone with more experience. Yeah. So, I mean, what's been, yeah. So, my first deal, they didn't really know my age, and I just don't really still think they do. They never asked me, and so I didn't really feel the need to say, hey, 
at Miles, and at the time I was 18. So, and I thought 18, 19 sounds a lot better than 18. That's, I said the same 18, thing. 18, you're fresh out of high school, yeah. like, there's, like, and I, was, and I wasn't going to say, hey, my name is Miles, I'm 18, I'd like to yeah. help you with this. And I was lucky enough, once I came on as kind of a buyer's agent with my old mentor, she has been in the business 29 years and is number one in the area where we work. Mm -hmm. So I'm able to meet people at open houses and say, hey, I'd love to set up an appointment with my partner and I, and we'd love to kind of, we have a bunch of off-market listings, we'd like to talk about your needs and everything. So I'm able to kind of do a one-two punch with bringing her in, and even though once they're still my clients and I still show them the houses and do the transaction with mm -hmm. them, I have her brand and her kind of name behind her, yeah. behind me coming in and kind of supporting me, and it gives people the confidence that they're saying, he's young, but we have her and her team behind her yeah. that also kind of comes in. I did the same thing. When I first started, I had a mentor that would was teach me everything. We yeah. split it all 50-50 in the very beginning. Yeah, and exactly. if I ever had a client where I didn't know what I was doing exactly, where I felt that they were kind of on the fence, or I felt that they needed some more security behind them, yep. you bring in the other person. And it was just easy after that because then they feel confident like, okay, like he's handling everything. We really like this guy. But if there's something you know he doesn't know, yep. we still have the support of this other yep. dude who's you know a top agent. So that really works wonders. So this is, by the way, why I always recommend people when they're first starting out to work with somebody else, either as an assistant or on a team. And that's one of those things, if you were to start out 100% on your own, yeah. without the access to open houses, without the access to another broker when you have questions, yeah. starting out from a clean slate, I would say it's almost impossible unless you have this you have some like amazing superhuman skills of like cold calling door knocking prospecting or if, or if you're fr or i think if all your friend you or if your friend group or family and friends if they're buying because i know a lot of people yeah. who do real estate part-time and they just happen to have a lot of friends who buy and sell or family members who buy and sell and they do 25 million a year and they go in the office three times a month yeah so pending those people where if you don't have these you know, million dollar connections already, it's so difficult. But yeah. even if you do, being able to navigate the process and close a deal with all the paperwork and Stop. inspections and negotiations that go on, it's very difficult. So I recommend for anybody, whether you're 18 years old or even 30 years old, work as either an assistant um, or on a team in the very beginning. It's going to cut your learning curve down dramatically. Oh my because in my, in my perspective as an assistant, you basically get paid to learn. Yeah. So it's like a win-win. Your first year in real estate, in my opinion, besides you've just made a killing, but usually should be seen as just learn as much as possible. And but I guess you got that out of the way when I mean, you're 17. I, but I mean, yeah. I'm still, every time I'm in the office, I will sometimes go into my partner's office if I have nothing to do and I'll literally sit there in the office and just listen. Oh my God, that's the, and the best I, thing. Every time I'm in there and she jokes around, that I'm in school every day that I'm That's with true. her because, and she's been very welcoming with me and every always go, if she has an issue on one of her deals, she kind of outlines it and kind of shows me how I can learn. So in theory, I've kind of learned over, I've been in probably with her and she's done a hundred transactions yeah. since I kind of, and so I know every situation that can happen and we've seen a lot of them. Yeah. So I've kind of, so now any deal that I have that if a situation comes up, I usually have a way to, Deal with it. That's something I, I never, I, I've actually never mentioned that in my videos. That's a really good point. I completely forgot about that. Listen. Yeah. I see so many people too that just like, I have nothing to do all day. I don't want to go in the office. Well, 
You just go and listen. Go in the office. I, I did the same thing. When I first started, I mean, I was doing like little leases, but I would be in the office every single yeah. day from I think like 9 a.m. sometimes to like 8, 9 p.m. If I had nothing to do, you would just watch other people work. And you learn so much from that. So much. You just, it's, you know, like monkey see, monkey do almost, yeah. that you see how someone else acts and what they're saying and how, how they're going about their business and seeing them run their business, essentially, yeah. just by watching them. And you can kind of replicate that. And what I've done is you pick the pieces that you'd like best from everybody and incorporate that in your own style. So, for instance, I've seen some agents have a certain sales style that works really well for them just because that's their style. If I tried to copy that, it would come off so weird, super creepy, and people would be like, Graham, what the, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. Um, but you pick like, oh, I like the way this person does this, and you pick from that, and like this person over here, you pick from that. And you incorporate your own style around what everyone else is doing that's working. And you could just be like a powerhouse after that just yeah. by listening. And I think a big thing is talking with other agents and seeing if they need any help, oh, if they're, if they're yeah. going on vacation yeah. or if they're, Hey, do you, or being proactive about open houses? Yeah. Do you have any, no going to the top producer and say, Hey, in your brokerage, do you have any open houses you want held? And if you can kind of jump in front of the, the office wide email that a bunch of people respond to. And that's how I actually got my first open houses. Mm-hmm. They sent an office wide email. I was on my phone. I responded a minute later. It was first come first serve. Yeah, I got it. there you go. And then, Sunday afternoon, she called me saying, hey, would you hold it again? I was really, really pleased. And I always send a feedback sheet. I always send a, a detailed report of each per- person that came in. If they're a buyer, do if they're a neighbor. Do that. Nobody does that. An, I don't even do that. If man. an agent yeah, walks in, because, because listing agents love it, so they can send it to their client. Got Say, it. hey, these are the people that came into your open house. We had 18 groups seven buyers, some looky-loos, three neighbors. Yeah. They love that. Oh, and then they're going to want to use you again. Then they're not going to send the office-wide email after and that. That's, then they'll and they be don't. Just like, and they call you, and like, so, you get, so then you get priority on the newer listings, the ones where you're going to pick up buyers, not the ones that have been on the market for 90 days yeah. that have no traffic. That's so true. And what I found, too, is that a lot of agents really want to help out the young agent yeah. in the office. I had one lady um, who used me. She went out of town for like two weeks who paid me hourly. It was, and at the time, I think it was like 60 an hour, which at the time to me was, could, may as well have been 1,000 an hour. Yeah. 60 an hour to do all of her showings and everything she gave to me. And the reason why, believe it or not, she says, I don't trust anyone else in the office, but I trust you. Because you're and new and you're not going to steal the client. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But like she gives this to another agent who's been doing this for like seven years, who's in their like 30s, who they're maybe like competing head-to-head yeah. on listings. She's where this person might screw up my listings, might try to take my clients, might not be as incentivized. But like the 19-year-old kid, the 20-year-old <laughs> kid in the office is not going to screw up her business. Yeah. That 20-year-old kid is going to try so hard, is going to go out of their way to make sure they're happy and $60 an hour for like a 19 year old. That's insane. Yeah. And they're willing to trust you. And every agent so far in my office, when I had first started 18, 19, they were so encouraging and so nice. Yeah. Whereas like, I felt like if I was 50 knocking on their office, be like, Hey, uh, on this lease, what do I do? Yeah. They'd be like, Joe, get the f- out of here, man. What are you doing? Go get a life, you know, get a job. I know. But if you're like 18 years old, and you're knocking on the door all like scared and sheepish, like, hey, I have no one yeah. else to ask. How do I do this? They'll drop everything and they'll be like, oh, blah, 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 blah. And just, and will help you out tremendously. And it's building those relationships that 
you know, take you even further because I found that once they start investing a little bit in you and like help you out a yeah. little bit, they're gonna wanna see it all the way through. And that's one of those things, especially when you're young, that's the prime time that, you know, maybe I'm just generalizing here, but I feel like the older I get, the fewer opportunities are given to me and just because I'm more on par with everybody else. Yeah. That, you know, when you're under 20, I mean like, Nobody even categorizes you. You're just no. like this kid in real estate people, that everyone wants to help. People think you're just not going to do a lot of deals, but I've seen people treat me differently yeah. recently. Yeah. That once they see you're closing deals and you're in their market now, it kind of goes away a little bit from the 17 year old as an intern to in the 18 year old who sold one house and they kind of thought it was a novelty. Yeah. Now I see people kind of being more protective of their area, rightly so. It's a very competitive market that I'm in, mm. in every market, I think. But so I think as you succeed, people want to kind of help you less. Yeah. But there are still those people who kind of, they're a core group behind me that is still always helping. Yeah. And the thing is, too, I think you also have to think from the client's perspective that it's, in my opinion, the 19-year-old who sold 10 million is the equivalent to the 30-year-old who sold yeah. 50 million. Like, I think it's way more, like, I would give you Absolutely. way more credit than anyone else just because of your age, and that bumps you up a little bit in terms of your status and what people see you yeah. as. And I mean, I have clients who come in an open house and they either heard of me from a friend, and a lot of people know me in my town. It's about 9,000 people in the town where I work. Yeah. And I work throughout the whole county, I do deals. But this is kind of where my farm necessarily is, and I'm most well connected there. Yeah. And people will come in and say, "Hey," and we, there's a local newspaper, and every Wednesday, every Wednesday it comes out, and my partner and I, we have two full pages in it every single Wednesday. Cool. And we put our just sold ads, just listed, all that, so people see it. I'll be getting a coffee. Someone will come up to me, "Congrats on the sale." So people, and then they come into my open house, and I see the same person. And when you can connect with someone outside of an open house, I think that's yeah. when, like, I'll be able, I was at an open house on one Sunday, I was going to get dinner, ran in to someone who came to my open house and said, hey, weren't you up at that house yeah. today? And I was like, yeah, nice to see you. Like, that kind of stuff is when they see you, oh, yeah. he's not just holding the open house, he also lives in our town. Yeah. It's, that's a big thing. That's very true. And that's one of the things, I made a video a long time ago, a little bit about open houses, but I always try to make a connection outside the open house. Yeah. It's not just real estate because then they, you know, they, there's no reason for them to really feel a connection with you until you start talking about something that's outside of real estate. So I try to I figure out always. some personal connection. For me, it's always been like the car they pull up in. If it's a cool car, if, if you I'll can see the, it. if you can see the car, my issue is a lot of times where I am, you can't see the car. I like I had one guy come in with a vintage car racing hat on from a Laguna Seca Monterey Car Week. Nice. And I always go down there. And so we started, and it turned out he had an old vintage Mercedes. My dad also had one. And we talked for half an hour about vintage Mercedes. <laughs> so cool. And I always, when someone comes to my open house, I always say, how familiar are you guys with the house? That is my first question I ask. question. Because they say, oh, I saw it online. Though that person goes up three bars in my book because they saw it online. They went out of their way. They're at the open house. Yeah. If they say, oh, we're not familiar. They either are driving by, saw the sign, or just looky-loose. Those people you still treat because you don't know when they might sell and they live next door. Right. But the ones who say, oh, we saw it online, those are buyers. You dig for questions and you get answers. And you, you often ask very open-ended questions, oh, yeah. too, um, which gets them to talk. And sometimes, too, you have to know when to back off. Like yeah. Some people really don't want to be talked to at all. 
Uh, so I, I think it's just you feel it out. Some people love to talk and they'll talk for an hour. <laughs> Other people will just be like, you know, shrugging everything off and want to look around on their own. So it's really, I guess, it depends yeah. on the person. And you know, if they're open to talking, if you can find something where you can get in the conversation, do it. Like I, I've seen some yeah. dude, like one dude wore this really vintage Rolex Daytona, oh, yeah. and I loved it. So I commented on that. And as soon as you met, like he was standoffish until you talk about his watch. Oh my god. He like would not and then after that it's like everything. And then once they've been talking to you for twenty minutes, they feel so comfortable because now you you've been able to relate to them on a different and level. I think if you can bring even come up to their level, because some people like at real estate agents like not at the same level yeah. as them, especially in the high end. Yeah. If you can say if you can kind of come to their level and say, You live in the same town or whatever, or you run in the same circles, quote yeah. unquote. They respect you a lot more instantly. Yeah, they, they see you as an equal. They see you as an equal. Yeah. I think them seeing you as an equal is very important yeah. in, the, in the luxury market. Oh, of course. Know? Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I've been that person, too, where like that market to me was totally unfathomable. Like I didn't grow up in any sort of market like that. Like For me, seeing a $3 million house was like mind-blowing. Like, I was like, oh, my God. Like who, yeah. who, who has the money to buy something like this? So it's not like you either have to come from that. Yeah. Um, I think it's just the attitude that you have and how you treat the clients and the way you're able to relate to them and your enthusiasm and if you're really into it. It doesn't need to be like, um, you know, oh, yes, you know, I have the same Ferrari as you. Oh, that's Patek. <laughs> I have the, the, the newer model. Like, it doesn't need to be no. any of that. Uh, but I think it's just a combination of the way you treat them. Uh, what you're able to relate to, what you're able to talk about, your conversation skills. And that's something, too, is I really had to work on my conversation skills. Yeah. Uh, growing up as a kid, I was like super shy, like really shy. And it took a lot of work. It wasn't until like high school that I yeah. really, like, I think I was like 10th grade, did I really start to like actually work on it and like try to put myself out there more and like be more social. So it was really something for me that was developed and has not come naturally. Even, even now, it's like I have to force myself to go and like be social and stuff like that. It doesn't come naturally to me. Right. So I have to like constantly work on that. So it's not something that like you're, you're born with this crazy talking skill. It's just something that you work on over time and get better with it. And the more you do it, the better you get, the more comfortable yeah. it feels. No, I mean, I, I remember my first couple open houses being so nervous. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. Like now every Sunday is routine, wake up one to four open house. Just you, I just know the drill yeah. and I don't even think about it. Yeah. And then it becomes fun. Then it becomes it's just awesome. like, you know, you wait for someone to walk in, they walk in, and you're like, yay, you know, cool. Now I can talk to, because you have no idea who's going to walk yeah. in. Sometimes you can get bums, and other times you get like A list celebrities that would walk yeah. in. Um, so you have no idea, especially in these, these high price yeah. points. I mean, Barry, I mean, Barry Bonds recently bought a house uh, just up the street from us. Yeah. And he was going to people's open houses with him and his girlfriend, just, or wife, I think, just walking yeah. around, just looking at him with. Like, no big deal. Yeah. No, I've had several people. I had uh, Andrew Dice Clay come uh, in several times. Uh, the little guy from Bad Santa <laughs> has come in a few times. Um, there, there have been a, quite a few people, actually. Um, some cool, like, DJs that have, that have come through. Um, and sometimes you have no idea who they are until they sign in. And then you're going through the list, and maybe a name sounds familiar. You're like, you look someone up, and you're like, oh, that person came. I actually had Tom from MySpace, really? believe it or not, come in one of my open houses. Our market yeah. doesn't really do sign unless I wish oh, really? they did. Okay. Because like, don't people leave like a phone number or an email? Yeah. So what I usually do is we have a sign in list, which is name, phone number, email. 
I usually tell people, you know, if, if they're at all hesitant, I'm like, just put your name. At the very least, that's your exclusion list. When the listing is over, you yeah. have a whole list of people who have seen the house. That's your exclusion list right there. So if, so, if one of those people buys the house, yeah. after your listing expires, usually for 180 days, sometimes it's a year, you get paid on that. So that's almost your protection from someone seeing the house at an open house that you were holding. The listing expires. A month later, they come back and they buy it. So I usually like doing that. So what's your advice then for anybody watching who's thinking about getting into real estate? Because I think a lot of people yeah. who are watching are either just starting into real estate or have an interest in it, who are probably about your age, maybe a little older, yeah. a little younger, who want what you have just done. Because $10 million in the first year is... Ins- I don't actually know anybody who's ever done that besides... Maybe someone who just happened to get really lucky on like one big deal or something. I, I think depending if you get in sometimes as a second career and you have a bunch of friends buying, I think maybe you can replicate it. So share your secret on why you were able to do this and how everyone else can copy the same thing. I would say it takes some time, but you really have to be an assistant and you have to learn the ground floor. Yep. You have to work your way up. I know a lot of people say you have to get in early and work your way up and it's really... And once you're an agent, you really have nowhere else to go besides your numbers each year. Yeah. You're not, maybe you might become a broker, get a broker's license, but you're not really, it's not like some industries where you can climb the ladder. sales. So I would say become an assistant for a top producer and get in there and just listen. And it may, it might take a year or two and do that. And that's okay. Cause maybe they'll, you can hold it up an house and you'll get a referral fee for anyone who buys that yeah. listing. And if you can sit there with an hourly steady income while you're getting your license, while you're learning the ropes for one or two years, yeah. and then you break off, and then if you have any questions, the person you've been working for, yeah. and if you let them know, hey, my goal is to get my license and become on my own in the next one to two years, they won't feel necessarily betrayed when you go out and leave. Yeah, you got to be authentic. You've got to you be, be really friends, authentic because yeah. they might want, not want to hire you, and that's okay. They might you don't want, want a person like that anyway. Yeah, and they, like, they might want someone who will work with them for five yeah. to seven years. So let's stop there because I, I think a lot of people are going to think right now, you know, when you just said, you know, be an assistant for a top producer, they'll be like, easier said than done. How do I just be an agent to a top yeah. producer? That's, you know, you do, you know um, let's, let's talk about that really quick. Yeah. For me, because I did the same thing. Yeah. I was, you know, I worked with a top producer. Um, that for me, I met them totally randomly at an open house when just going open house to open house, talking to different agents, didn't even expect it was not looking specifically for like, I want to work for a top producer. Yeah. It just happened that way. It happened to fall into it just by seeing open houses for like months, yeah. every single Sunday. Um, how would you recommend going about doing that? I would say you can even w- maybe call the brokerage up, find out the main office, walk in there, go to the office manager and say, Hey, I'm looking to get in real estate. Do you have anyone who maybe wants an intern and even interning? That's yeah. a great, and that's how I got my foot in the door and I kind of proved myself through interning. Even if you don't get paid for a few months and then they bring on as a paid assistant, it doesn't matter the amount you're gonna learn as an intern. So if you walk into the office, you say, hey, is there anyone who wants an intern? Or do you guys, are you guys looking for an intern? You can usually find someone because people always need help. And that's free help. Most people will take free help. Yeah. And that's the best way to kind of get your foot in the yeah. door, I think. And the thing is, there, there are a lot of top producers out there. I mean, when you really think oh, about yeah. it, now, depending on the area now, every area is different. So the agent in you know, Los Angeles might need to sell you know, $50 million plus a year to be yeah. you know, a top producer. It doesn't need to be like that if you're in, let's say, Louisiana. It could be $5 million a year. Find an agent who's doing, I would say, above average for yeah. the area. And I guarantee there are, there are dozens dozens of them probably within a one hour radius from yeah. where you are either yeah. way. And 
you can even approach all of them. And I yeah. think it's just a numbers game. And I think it is. chances are most people are going to say, oh, no, I don't need the help. I don't need it. One person, I promise yeah. you, one person, you just have to keep looking. You have, to, you have to cast a large net. But, I mean, that's both of our recommendations. Assistant, intern, uh, work for a team. Do something where you're learning from a top agent is the best yeah. way. We're learning firsthand. It's, it's a win-win. They benefit from either free help or they benefit from your help and your time, and you benefit from just learning. And oftentimes learning from someone like that is just is being around them. Yeah. And that's it, and just putting in the time. Even if you're not making money, the way I see it is, that, again, the first year should not be about, I want to make $100,000. Yeah. It should really be about, I want to learn. And this is like your college, you know, it's yeah. just the first year. I mean, when I got my license, my, my goal for 2017 was to sell one house. That was... That was my only expectations for myself. So one house, and I thought it was going to be in a lower price point. And I was like, all I, if I sell one house, I will think of myself that I did okay for my first year. And like, I think that is oh, that's amazing for. And your I first think year. if you can go in and with low expectations, you can't set too high of a bar for yourself. Too, yeah, because you don't really know what will happen. Yeah, I actually don't ever calculate commission until the deal closes. Yeah, because I've even had it where the deal like. All contingencies are removed. Yeah. The deal is like a week away from closing. It's, Something has you know come up. I've never had a deal. Bank, it's not never had a deal fall out once contingencies have been removed. But yeah. I've had it get very scary last minute where something happens, yeah. and then you're like, you know, oh crap, what's going to happen? So I never. I, I'm so afraid. Yeah. I jinx everything. So I, I truly believe you can't count it until the check's there, until the deal is like. Yeah. Done. No. Until until it records and it's on file. It could be the yeah. 11th hour and something can... That's very true. Haywire. So do you have any other advice or any other recommendations for somebody watching who wants to do what you do? I would say take your time and you really have to... You have to be in it for the long haul. You have to be in it for the right reasons. Yeah. You can't get into this business saying, I'm going to make 200 grand and then I'm going to make 500 grand. I'm going to buy a bunch of nice cars and I'm only in it for the money. People read that from you. Yeah, they At do. an open house... You have to have this very kind of like laid back attitude of like, yeah, yeah, you could buy this $5 million house. I don't really care. Or you can buy this $1 million house. I don't really care. If you come off too pushy, like you want to get a deal done. And if a buyer, if you're showing them houses, and if they feel any push from you, like you need to get a deal done, it's an instant. Why? Like, you you have to basically be like, here are disclosures. Here are the reasons why. It's up to you. There are always other houses out there. And if you are only in it to make money, People will read that, and you, I don't think you'll succeed. Yeah, the more you want it, usually, the harder it is to get. Yeah. And what I usually do is, uh, you know, I, I'm, I give everybody the pros and cons of every deal. Yeah. And so I'm never trying to, like, push them on a certain deal. I'll explain to them all the benefits of this deal in relation to every other deal, and then you let them make the decision for themselves. And yeah. I'm a believer that a lot of these properties tend to sell themselves. It's pretty self-explanatory, so you don't need to be there pushing them. Yeah. Sometimes i found that people are on the fence and do need that extra little... Yeah. Yeah, and, and you do that just by, again, explaining the benefits of the property. Yeah, or the and, value. Or the value of the property, and again, it's relation. But you know they make their own decision on that. But yeah. And that's the thing. I think in real estate, too, you have to really enjoy it and love yeah. it. I think working on commission and a sales job it's is tough. not for everybody. No. And I think it takes a very special type of person who's cool with that, who enjoys it, who wants to do it. And if you do it just because you want to make money... 
I think you'll be pretty disappointed because what usually happens to people that get in for money, they're like, I worked for six months straight, yeah. I didn't make a dollar, and I wasted yeah. all my time, and they get so bitter, and they get so pissed off, yeah. and, and then they're like, I'm going to do something else instead. You know, that's what happens, yeah. I would say, to the majority of people oh. who do real estate. I, I mean, shoot me a DM or just message me through in, uh, Snapchat, and I'd love to, if you have any questions, or if you're in the Bay Area, and if you're looking, or in Northern California, and you're looking to get into real estate, you have any questions about the markets or if you where you should get started in or I'm I have connections throughout the bay and if I can link you up with a top producer who needs some help I'd be more than happy you have no idea what you just walked into you're gonna, we'll get, you're gonna get a lot <laughs> uh, I even post on snapchat once like somebody was making like a hundred dollars a day doing um, like internet marketing or something <laughs> I credited one of my videos to like him yeah. starting that so I sent him a, a, I screenshotted that to my snapchat and then almost instantaneously, he started getting like dozens of messages just from people seeing that screenshot on Snapchat, typing in his username, which I didn't, <laughs> I didn't blur out. But he was, he was cool with it. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, I'm fine with it. I, you're going to get a lot, man. Re- reach out to him before he gets too many messages. Yeah. This is one of those things in the very beginning when I was doing this. I'll, I'll, yeah. At the very beginning, I'll be sure to respond to all of them. I'm, it might take some time, but I'll try and... I hate notifications on my phone. Oh, I turn off notifications. I, hate, so I mean, know. I hate yeah. seeing on a Snapchat icon. I can't oh, deal dude. with the number, so I might have to read them all. Okay. For me, <laughs> I was the same way. In the very beginning, when I wasn't getting a lot of messages, I would respond to everybody because I didn't like it. I didn't yeah. like seeing the, the three on the, on the yeah. Snapchat. Um, it, it gets to a point where there's too, too many. So if I know you guys have sent me Snapchat messages and DMs. I, I, I rarely get to DMs anymore because I get too many. Um, and same with Snapchats. I do my best, but yeah. like you get you get a lot, and then it's just like when, seriously when you have like 400 unread, you just give up. <laughs> and you you answer whatever's kind of at the top that you happen to open at the time. It gets a lot, but comments. By the way, I, I read every comment. I do my best to respond to comments. Yeah. So if you guys have any comments or for me, comment down below. But feel free to add him yeah, on both absolutely. of those. And take advantage of this. By the way, I'm putting you on the spot. Take advantage of this before he ends up getting like <laughs> hundreds of messages and people start stalking you and like. Hopefully you know. <laughs> not. Hopefully it doesn't go that bad. But you guys, thank you again yeah. so much for watching. Now, if you again, if you've watched like this, might be like a 35 minute video, easy, and you haven't subscribed yet. I think you got to tell him. Yeah, absolutely subscribe. You got to subscribe. It's been awesome. I, I mean, I've learned so much from you, and just seeing since uh, the beginning of the year, kind of seeing what you've done from YouTube too, it's been amazing. Thank you. Yeah, and it's not without the support of all of you guys who have subscribed. Fifty-six percent of you watching are not subscribed. So yeah, it's it's a high subscribe to unsubscribe. Well, I mean, that's common with YouTube. Uh, So subscribe. So subscribe, and then also feel free to add me on my Instagram and Snapchat. I, I post. I post there like daily. So if you want to be a part of it there, feel free to add me there. Thank you again for watching and until next time.